0: will never be the same say that again I will never be the same in Jesus name amen come on slap three people high-five in the spirit and say you got to change amen it's about letting God change your life give it to him and let him change your life amen well we've been in this series about being in crisis we we, we're in the manifested glory of God this year God said at the beginning of the year this would be the year that he manifest his glory But then he also said, well, and then we found out that we'd be going through crisis you know COVID hit as soon as we hear you know manifested glory of God a couple months in here comes COVID so we've been in this crisis if you will but hasn't God been faithful can somebody just testify and say just by the raising of your hand that God has been faithful he's been a provider he's been a healer he's been a way maker throughout this whole thing hallelujah we never had to stop building children's church we built it out right in the middle of, of uh, people being laid off work right in the middle of where it should it shouldn't have been able to happen but it did amen so God has been faithful throughout it all but you know when you're in crisis one of the last things you want to do is worship but that's your flesh the flesh the flesh is is weak the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak so your 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 flesh ain't never going to feel like cooperating with the things of God because flesh is flesh but your spirit man Wants to engage in the things of God, to be connected to God. So this morning I want to talk to you about worshiping in the crisis. Hey, anybody can worship when everything's going good. But can you worship when all hell is breaking loose? Can you worship when people are getting laid off left and right on your job? Can you worship on the way home after you just got laid off? Can you worship when you get that bad report from the doctor? Can you, can you worship then? When you can worship in crisis, that's when you know something. That's when you know who he is. This word is planted on the inside of you, and you, and you know that God's going to get you through the crisis. And So let's look at this. Let's, let's just unpack this. Worshiping in the crisis, number one, it's who we're created to be. We're created to worship God. Inside of us, God has put a place, our spirit man, to connect with God, to connect with him, to worship him, to be in relationship with him. You know, uh, Murray and I live across the street from uh, the park, from Memorial Park. And they just opened up this beautiful part of the park where there's these little... what do you call them, boardwalks that go through the woods and through the wetlands, and you can just stay on this nice, clean boardwalk and, and walk through the park, and it's just beautiful. So the other day, Bendy Lou and I were walking through the park, and uh, I came t- up to a woman where the where the where uh, the boardwalk stops right here, and then it goes on this direction. So I was going on this way, and she was just standing at the end of the boardwalk, and there's a big pine tree right in front of her. And she was holding like a little flower or something in her hand, and I, of course, me—I'm nosy, so I'm walking along and I'm looking at her as I'm walking by, and I'm like, "She was worshiping the pine tree." What? Yeah, that's what I said. But there's a hunger in us on, to worship God yeah. because He put it there. We, you know, and people with no knowledge—he says, "My people are destroyed for." A lack of knowledge. She just doesn't know but that thing in her that God put in all of us to connect and to worship and to honor and to reflect his glory. She was giving it to a pine tree. And then by the time I got home, I was just so shocked. I thought, well, why didn't you witness to her? I'm like, duh. But I was literally so shocked. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But God used the principle to just tell me, look, people want to connect with me. They want to connect with God, but they'll connect with anything just to connect. Amen. So we're created to worship God because he created us for worship. Look at Psalm 95, 6 through 7. Oh, come let us what? Worship and bow down. Worship sometimes has a posture, you know, a posture of bowing down, a posture of, you know, I want us to get to the place where we just lay out in the carpet where we just get in here and we just forget ourselves. We forget the clock. We, we might have to have a, an evening service where we can do, just come in and, and just worship and get in the floor and just let God do what God wants to do with us and just, just connect with him. But there's a posture to worship. We lift our hands like this, reaching up to God, surrendering. We reach our hands out like this, receiving from God and lifting up to God. It has a posture with your eyes closed. You can bow down. You can hold your head up. But you want to worship God. Let worship flow out of you because he's created you to worship. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. How many of you right now would just, and the Lord's just showing me to do this right now, how many of you right now would just slip out of your chair and just get on your knees? Just, just, to, just, to, just to prove that we bow down, when we lower ourselves, we humble ourselves, it says, God, you're high above all. You're high above everything I'm going through. You're higher than this crisis. You're higher than my knee's hurting right now. You're higher, Lord. So I bow down to just show the reverence and the honor that you're, that you're due. Hallelujah, now I don't want to get up. Praise the Lord. But, and then just bow. Just bow your head. You, it doesn't even have to be a big bow. This is a bow. Sometimes I'll just take a knee in my kitchen. You know, sometimes we think we can't do it without a church and a building. But sometimes I'll just take a knee in my kitchen and say, God, I thank you. Many times in hotel rooms across this nation where I've gone to preach in different churches, before I go out of the room, I'll just take a knee and say, God, this is all you. You've done this you've done this in my life. This is not about me being a great preacher, but this is about you being a great God and a good daddy. But let us worship. Let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. So I want us to begin during worship in this place. I want us to begin to take on different postures of worship. Lay in the floor. Dance before the Lord. You know that the, there's some religions that say you can't dance. That is not scriptural. There's about 60 scriptures that tell us uh, that talk about dance and they all tell us to do it you know God music is an amazing thing God created music music is all his idea in fact you know there are three archangels Michael Gabriel and Lucifer and Lucifer of course when you read about him in the Bible was so beautiful he corrupted his wisdom for his splendor the Bible says He got caught up in how splendid he was and led a revolt in heaven and he got kicked out along with a third of the heavenly host. But the Bible describes him as being so beautiful that instruments were... He was the worship leader in heaven. That instruments were made into his body. God created music. And you know, the world corrupts music. I'm not saying that all music is bad. But I'm saying that worship you. And, and look, at, look at how even little children, they hear music. Yes. They got to get a little. Just, just because. Y'all seen that little um, gif where the kid's just giving it this little. Y'all, yeah, it's cute. Anyway. Yeah. So kids, you know, it's just in us, y'all. It's in us to move to the music. It's in us to, to, to just glorify God with a dance, to glorify God with a cartwheel glorify God, just glorify God, just to bless him in your worship with a posture that just feels right to you. Amen? So we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 96, 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So what does worship mean? When you look up that word worship, it means to bow down humbly. It means reverence, the expression of reverence and adoration and exalt, respect, honor, glorify, to, to, he's created us to worship, and for music, you know, when you sing, it's like the frequency of God, it's like he created it, he made heaven to have singing going on all the time, worship is going on forever in heaven, there's never a moment that there's no worship going on in heaven, God loves worship, we're made in his image and in his likeness, we're created to worship him, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, (laughs) with your noisy no singing self. Just sing loud. Even if it's wrong, sing loud. Just sing. It's precious. Isn't it precious to you when your child sings? You know, when they they sing, no matter whether they sing good or not, they've just got the joy in their hearts. They're just happy about what they're singing. Amen. Just sing. Sing to the Lord. So it pleases God. Revelation four eleven. Look at this. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. We're created. Raise your hand if you were created by God. Hallelujah. That's all of us. We're created for his glory. For his glory. For his pleasure. To bring him glory and to honor and to worship him. Hallelujah. So it pleases him. Number three, God is seeking worshipers. He's looking for a worshiper today. You know, Jesus went all the way out of his way. I think he was going over here. He was right here. But he said, I must need to go through Samaria. They're like, Jesus, don't you know Samaria is up in Conroe? We're going to Kingwood. Why are you going to Conroe to get to Kingwood? Because there was somebody there that had a question about worship yeah she was messed up yeah she'd had five husbands and now she's through getting married she just said, i'm a shack from now on i don't believe in it anymore who knows why her picker was broken she kept picking the wrong guy who knows who knows if she just had an attitude and didn't want to empty the dishwasher who knows who knows what was going on with this lady but even when she got to jesus jesus said hey give me a drink of water she she said uh she said, well, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink for me? I'm a Samaritan. He said, if you do who it was asking you, you'd ask me for water, and I'd give you living water. You'd never thirst again. And she said, oh, you got some water now. You were just asking me for some Oh, you got some water now? You ain't got no bucket. The well is deep. She had an attitude. That might be why she was having trouble staying married. I don't know. Could have had a little, some, little, little something to do with it. But Jesus, she, she got, he got her attention. He, she said, sir, give me this living water so I won't have to come here and do this. Maybe she's a little lazy. I don't like going to get water. I don't want to have to come get water all the time. She said, give me this living water so I won't have to keep coming. He said, okay, you want the water? Here goes the water. Go call your husband. You've had five husbands, and now you're just living with this dude. <gasps> Jesus has her attention. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. I've got a question. You Jews say that you're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, but we say that we can worship. Ours coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. See, Jesus knew this woman was an influencer. Yes, she had her problems. Yes, she had her issues. But listen, God doesn't look at our issues. He looks at our potential. And he saw that this woman was an evangelist. He saw this woman had potential, that she had influence with people, that she had charisma. And she left her water pot and left with a river in her soul. And she went and told everybody, come and see a man who told me everything about my life. The whole city of Samaria came and got saved. They said, you know, we first, we don't believe just because of what the woman said, but now we've seen for ourselves, you've got this living water. Yeah. You are the Christ. You are the son of God. Yeah. All because this woman had a question about worship. Worship is serious with, with God. Yeah. He goes out of his way to get with the worshiper. He's seeking a worshiper today. What's a worshiper? In, that, in, that, uh, in the, the Greek translation right there, worshiper is an adorer. An adorer, to adore God. You know, praise is when you thank him for what he's done. You're talking about him. When when we get together and we we praise, you know, we're talking about what he's done. Look what the Lord has done. Just look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. See, you're talking about him. You're talking, I went way back on that one, but we're we're singing about Him, amen. We're glorifying Him, but we're singing about Him. That's praise, amen, and praise is glorious to God. We want to praise Him, but really that edifies all the rest of us too. It blesses God, but it edifies everybody else. But when you worship, you turn it this way, and you talk to Him, and you sing to Him, and you say, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether it up. Worship is when you give him glory for who he is. Praise when you thank him for what he do, what he's done. But worship is when you give him glory. For who he is, and it's in spirit and in truth. When you know that you know that he brought you through. When you know that you know that you prayed and he healed your body, and he's the one who who caused just the right amount of money to come in on just the right day. When a day later it would have been too late. When he when he does things like that. You know that you know who he is. Hallelujah. John four twenty four. He says God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in the truth of who he is to you, who, how he's revealed himself to you. Hallelujah. Number four, <clears throat> worship puts the crisis in proper perspective. <clears throat> it puts the crisis in its place. How can it stand against the name of God? How can it stand against the one true living God who came to save us and raise us and deliver us and heal us and, and to um, set us on and deliver us and set us on a path and change our lives and make us a brand new creation in Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. How can it stand against a God who's so mighty he could do anything? And anything we can think up, he can do exceedingly and abundantly above. So when I worship, it puts it all in proper perspective. You could be all wrought up all tripping out on what's happening, just tripping, tripping, tripping. But the minute you choose to slip into a prayer closet or you're at work and you slip into the restroom or you go sit in your car for a minute and you just slip into worship, it makes that crisis pale in comparison. When you come out of that worship, I'm good again. Got my bearings again. Got the right perspective again. God, you're able. And I leave it all in your hands. Woo! Psalm 34, three, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. When we magnify God for who he is, come on. It makes the crisis seem small. See, if you keep talking about the crisis and I don't know what I'm going to do and I don't know how I'm going to get through this and I can't stand this and I'm so over this and, and I'm in a pity party. Look at me. It's so pitiful. And I'm so sad. You're exalting it above God. How do you think that makes God feel? Who paid it all to give it all. Amen. Magnify the Lord. Say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a magnifying glass on God. And I'm going to dec- declare he's bigger than everything I'm going through. And he's able. Hallelujah. He's awesome and he's infinite. And he's awe-inspiring. The In, in Matthew chapter 15, it talks about a Canaanite woman who was in crisis. Her, her daughter was was grievously vexed she was terribly severely demon possessed demon possessed she was in it was a, a horrible crisis so much so that it got her out of the house to go find Jesus you know until you were willing to go anywhere and do anything you ain't really in crisis until you say I gotta get some help somebody's gotta help me you ain't really in Christ you say I gotta get to the church I gotta get where I can get under the anointing. I gotta get prayed for. I gotta get oil on me. I need somebody to help me lift me up. You ain't really been in crisis till you say I got to go. This woman left the comfort of her home. She 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 left the comfort of the quarantine, and she said I got to find Jesus. I heard that he's healing people. I can't stand this child one more day disrupting the household. This child one more day suffering with a seizure or suffering with whatever way she was suffering. I can't take it one more day. I got to go take a chance. So she goes to find Jesus. Let's read. Matthew 15, 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region <clears throat> and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And who wants to say that loud? Who wants to say that out loud? Nobody wants to say that about their child. But he answered her, not a word. Jesus, come on now. Come on now. I've I've traveled to find you. I've been following after you. I've been hollering out saying, please help. I've told you my deepest, darkest secret and my my greatest hurt right now. And you ain't going to say nothing. Sometimes God is quiet. And if you can't make it through the quiet times, you ain't going to make it. Because sometimes he's quiet. Come on. When the teacher is given a test, does the teacher say anything? No. The teacher is quiet during a test. He was waiting. He was waiting to hear her faith. She had to give voice to her faith. He said, he answered her, not a word. And then to top it off, the disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away. She's crying. Now she's getting on our nerves. Get her out of here. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, lady, you a Canaanite, I wasn't sent. for. She came. And worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, Jesus is still treating her bad. Is it it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs? Because he knew he's he's come for Israel first. It's not good. It's not good. Now now Jesus has he's, he ignored her, he said, I didn't come for you, and now he's calling her a dog. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. You see, she stopped in the middle and worshipped. She stopped and she worshipped and it got her perspective back. She got her head back on straight. And she said, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She positioned herself. She positioned herself. She got a perspective right, and she positioned herself. My little dog, Bendy Lou, anytime she hears, you can't even, we just try to be careful and open up an ice cream sandwich, you know, to let the, the plastic not make a crinkle sound. She comes running from upstairs. She comes down three flights of stairs, and she comes to the table, slides in and sits there and looks at me, stands up and puts her paws on me. I am in position for my bite. My dog knows how to get herself in position. We got to know how to get ourselves in position. In position. We got to position ourselves in worship. And he does the fighting for us. Ooh, I know I'm right today. Then Jesus answered and said to her, "O oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Worship was her pivot into the supernatural to keep her in the proper perspective amen so what do you do when God doesn't answer a word and when he's quiet and when you feel ignored and God sees my crisis but he's not answering you're a way maker right now hallelujah you fill in that that space you know clap your hands when all hell is breaking loose her worship changed her perspective to see what is possible and press even further Let's look at what your worship does in crisis. First thing it does, number one, the atmosphere shifts. You saw how the atmosphere shifted when we just got on our knees? The atmosphere shifted in this place. It was tangible. You could feel it. You could feel it. And when it came time to get up off our knees, we didn't want to get up because the presence of God came down. Amen. Amen. So the atmosphere shifts. You shift into reverence and faith. In a mighty God who loves you. The atmosphere of heaven is worship. Did you hear me? The atmosphere in heaven is worship. Worship is going on in heaven. So when you begin to worship, you come into agreement with heaven. You come into agreement with, the, with uh, what heaven is doing. You bring heaven into this realm that we're in. Hallelujah. Revelation 4.8. It says, and they do not rest. Day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Wow. They never stopped singing that song to the Lord. When Saul was distressed and in crisis and depressed, he would call for David to play music for him, and the spirit would depart. Look at First, first Samuel 16, 23. It said, David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed, and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. As David would play and sing and worship the Lord, the atmosphere around Saul would change, and the spirit that was distressing him had to leave. Oh, I'm preaching so good this morning. My God. Look at the message translation. David got out his harp and played. That would calm Saul down, and he would feel better as the moodiness lifted. Saul was a moody person. He was moody. And you know, that's why some of us are moody. Because we can't listen to the world's music. We can't listen to that garbage and, and expect to get purity out. You put that, you put that junk in and, and you're going to get garbage out. Because garbage in, garbage out. What you store up in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth and out of your actions. So, you, you, we, we mm-mm. y'all, come on now. Come on now. We what, what fellowship does light have with darkness? I can't be listening to rap. Some of that stuff is so bad. It's so bad. We, we can't, and I'm not just on rap music. There's some country songs we don't need to be listening to. <laughs> Plus, it'll bring you straight into depression, some country songs. Crying in your beer and the dog died and my girl left. and I mean, come on. We ain't got time for none of that. Praise the Lord. Put on some worship music. Put on some praise music. Find somebody you like. You know what your style of music is? There's a worshiper out there that's got a CD or got a, a website or something. Amen? So we can't fill up our spirit with garbage and expect to have victory. That's why we're moody. That's why we're moody. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but change them favorites. In favorite stations that are at a fingertip, y'all need to change those. Hallelujah. Amen. Ain't nobody got time for that. What's that? TV 2. Come on, preach, this from the, from the fourth row, third row. Preach. TV 2, she said. That's true. We, we, really, we really, you know, and there's, man, there's something, there's some stuff that's so disturbing on TV. It is absolutely unbelievable. Have y'all heard about Netflix and Cutie's? It's a movie called Cuties on Netflix. People are, are believers are canceling their Netflix because Cuties is a movie about four or five little 10, 11-year-old girls in a twerking competition. 650 other kids did what now? They found those four that could twerk. Yeah. Everybody know what twerking is? Okay. I won't try to explain because, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not for our, our little girls are under attack. Amen. Our children are under attack and, uh, we, we need to shut that stuff, shut that stuff off. Amen. And, uh, if you know, what's, what's good on Netflix anyway? Are there cartoons? What's on there? What are, we, what are we letting our kids watch? What's on there? I mean, we really need to police some of that. And, we've, we you know, it's kind of like when they say you put the frog in the pot and you, and you boil it slowly. He doesn't even realize he's getting boiled. You know, it's slowly just ramped up to a level of that stuff. Some, some stuff just so disgusting. And, and they call it entertainment. That's not entertaining. It's horrible. If it's got foul language... Why are we listening to that? It grieves and vexes my spirit. I have to turn it off. I can't, I can't, I'll give it a minute minute or two. You know, if this doesn't get any better, I'm done. Murray's like, I know, I know. You know, and we just turned off. So, so we need to police that stuff better. Amen? But um, Psalm 40 and verse 3, look what it says here, y'all. He has put a new song in my mouth. Yeah. Praise to our God. Put on some Tasha Cobbs. There is power. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Come on, sing it. Break every chain. Break every chain. Hallelujah. Put something on that you know you love. Fill me up till I overflow. I want to run over. I want to run over. Hallelujah. So the first thing that happens is what? Thank you, y'all. Come on, look at your note sheet. The first thing that happens when I worship is the, at, the atmosphere shifts. Things need to shift. You need some peace in your home? Shift. Amen. Number two, my peace comes back. You know, in a crisis, you can lose your peace. You get all upset. But when I worship in my crisis, I'm making the decision to trust him no matter what. Peace returns. When you choose, when you shift and you decide, I'm going to trust him, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust Him though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways, I will acknowledge Him and He will direct my path. As soon as I say that and mean that out of my mouth and out of my spirit, I connect with peace again. I was in crisis back in 08. We had been having church in this building for, gosh, I don't know, six years or so. We're doing really well. So we had outgrown this place, and we were ready to move to a big building over on the other side of 59. It used to be a Gaddy Town building. Some of y'all were with me in that. Praise the Lord, we're still here. Hallelujah. But we moved out and got that building, and right in the middle of that, that subprime lending thing happened, the cr- the crash in, of 08, and we were trying to get it financed, the building over there. We had sold our property, and we are putting that $500,000 we got from our property to put... Towards this new building, it was an awesome building too. And we weren't able to get that thing financed. And they're like, you wouldn't trip over $500,000. Lost and gone. Yeah, I was tripping hard. I was so upset. I was so upset with God. How could you let this happen to me? I've been faithful. I sold my studio. I, I, got, I, 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 I was making good money. I sold my studio. I, I got fully on board with you, God. How could you let this happen to me? And I got into a season of going through the motions, and my heart wasn't connected to God anymore. I was like, too raw for y'all, too real? Yeah, because didn't we talk about this, that, that in this song this morning, Kevin? Did we talk about that? Sorry for just going through the motions. Sorry for the times I just went through the motions. I would show up and just go through the motions because I was so upset and I, I hadn't processed it. I hadn't, I hadn't really, I hadn't worshipped. I couldn't worship. I was just, I was a mess. I was in crisis. I was, I was over here. I'm leading these people and now we've got to go share it in another building. It was a horrible situation and it, it was. It was oppressive. There was an oppressive spirit there. i would never experienced anything like that before, but it was oppressive. It was horrible. We had to use the back door. It had all kinds of racial implications, and that did not sit well with any of us. And, and it was just bad. It was bad. That was February that we moved out. For, so for two months, I'll say two months, Pastor was tripping. But they had the, the Women Who Win conference. Pastor Bridget at New Light Church had the Women Who Win conference. And I went to the conference not really expecting to receive anything from God because I'm mad at God. But I go because I'm just going to support my pastor. You know, even if you're just going through the motions, you need to still show up. You need to still show up because your breakthrough can happen at the altar. At the end of Prashia praying, at the end of Prashia praying and preaching, that was the first morning, second, I don't know what morning it was, but she gave an invitation for us to come down to the altar and worship. So I got my little jacked up self down to the altar. And I got in the altar, and I let myself break. I let myself face it and and address God. And I said, God, all I've ever wanted to do is to serve you. And I cried. Someone came up behind me and put her hand on my back, and she began to pray in the Holy Ghost as I broke and cried, snot, tears, makeup all over the altar. I thought to myself I don't know who this is and I looked back for a second to see who it was and she kind of took her hand away like is that okay I'm, I'm thinking to myself please don't stop and I just turned my head back around and I, I just let her pray in the Holy Ghost for me while I just wept in the altar and when I finished crying God speaks I got up with my joy back got up with my faith back I said come on let's do this what you want to do now God come on what, what are we doing now? I trust you. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. So God never said you wouldn't have a setback, that you wouldn't even have a season where you go through the motions. But you got to trust him. You got to trust him. And trust when you decide to trust. When you decide to trust, peace comes back. Look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. This is awesome. This was Revelation when I was studying this last night. He says, lean on. Trust in and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. Sounds like worship to me. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Acknowledge. That word in the Hebrew is yada, which means praise. To know, to see, to ascertain by seeing, to recognize, to be aware, to comprehend, to consider, to declare, to discover, to respect, and to observe. Wow. Say, I will worship my way out of crisis. (laughs) Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. You worship him and he starts singing over you, rejoicing over you. The message says he'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. You just begin to sing a little song. I, I can't even remember what it was I was singing this week, but I said, I just, just want a song to come out of my spirit while I was in the shower. Just begin to just sing a little song. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Because it rhymes, and, 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 and it was good. It was a good little tune. I can't remember what it was, but it was a new song. He just gave me a little I'm like, this is so cool. He'll let you sing a song, a new song to him, one you've never sung before. Maybe it's one that he was singing over me. I don't know, but it's so good. God's so awesome. Number three, what was number one? Number two, peace comes back. Number three, I'm filled with the wonder and awe of him. When I worship and I really let my love for him pour out to him, it's like no other time. I get filled up with the wonders of who he is. Exodus 15, 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Psalm 72, 18 through 19. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. You know, if you don't feel like worshiping, you know, just go outside and look at the sky. Go outside and look at the stars. I have a little app on my phone where I, when I turn it on and I point it in the sky or if I point it at the ground, it shows me all the planets and where they're placed in the sky and, 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 the, and the, um, the, um, you, the stars. And what the stars are named, you can, you can point it on just one star and it'll tell you the name of that. All the stars, are, they all have names. That didn't just happen. God put those stars in the sky. He put those, but pla- He arranged those planets to be exactly where they are—a little bit this way, a little bit that way—and we would not be able to live on this earth. It's all in God's master plan. I don't know how anybody can be an atheist and say some boom happened, or we craw- crawled up out of some slime. I don't know how anybody could look in the eyes of a little child and not say there is a God somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Look at the animals. Look at a zebra. The creativity of God. Look at a giraffe. Look at the fish in the ocean. Look at their colors. And they're all so different and so beautiful. How can we look at at creation and say there is no God? Ah, look. Hallelujah. (laughs) How great thou art. How great thou art. Hallelujah. Listen to what Sir Isaac Newton says. He said, gravity explains the motions of the planets, but it cannot explain who sets the planets in motion. Oh, my God. Job 38, 4 through 12. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together? Did you know that the stars sing? The stars sing. I was listening. I'm like, I need to find this on YouTube. You know, if it's true, it's on YouTube. (laughs) So I looked it up. I looked it up to to hear the stars singing. And sure enough, sure enough, there are some that that have a very low note. Some have such high frequencies you, you can barely hear it. Some are in the middle, but together it's a beautiful orchestra singing praises to God. Even the stars, the Bible says if we don't praise him, even the rocks will cry out. Yeah, go on YouTube and listen to the stars singing to God. Even the heavens declare his glory. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors. When I said this far, you may come but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? My God, he is a living awesome Mighty God, creative God. So when we stop and think of all the wonders of the earth, all the if we just look at the earth and and see all the wonders in the sea, the wonders on the earth, you can't help but say how great thou art. have to say how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All oh, we'll see how great. How great is our God. When you say, how great is our God, you say, this crisis is a drop in the bucket of God's love for me. The ocean of God's love for me is so great and so vast. This crisis is just a drop. Woo! Number one. Number two. Number three, number four, I position myself for victory. Isn't it easier to worship than it is to worry? (laughs) Worship releases breakthrough power in our lives. Worship releases breakthrough power in our lives. Psalm 22, three, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest, inhabitest. Where inhabits the praises of Israel. He inhabits our praises. He inhabits our praises. So as we begin to praise and to worship the spirit of God inhabits it and it brings breakthrough into our lives. You know, how much more since we have this new and better covenant of oneness with God. Hallelujah. He's one with us. He's not just with us. He's one with us. We're in him and he's in us. We are one together with him. Glory to God. Worship is a weapon because worship invites God's presence into your crisis. It's how we allow God to fight our battles for us. It's his battle cry. He's a way maker, miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. That's who you are, Lord. Hallelujah. It allows us to encounter the power of God like nothing else. Jehoshaphat. They'd been forbidden when they came into the promised land to kill some, all them Ites, Korahites, Hittites, the Jebusites, all of them Ites. They were forbidden to kill them. And so now that they're in the land and they've possessed it, you know, Jehoshaphat is like, you told us not to kill these people. And now look, here they all co- are all coming at us. They're coming from all sides. There's more of them than there are of us. God, it looks like we're about to go down. You brought us in here just to let us die. What you going to do now, God? Really, his prayer to God was, what are you going to do now? Because you wouldn't let us kill them. Now, here they come. What are you going to do? Here we go. Y'all ready? Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemy defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out, Hallelujah. You will not need to fight in this battle, but position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow... Go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat, what did he do? He worshipped. He bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathahites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Now when they began to sing, did you hear what I just said? Now when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord, who did it? The Lord set ambushes against the people of Oman, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. They came and looked up over the hill, after, after uh, the next morning, and there were all their dead bodies, the Bible said. And they said they looked and they started to see bling, 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 bling. All the spoils of war were there. They were three days picking up the spoils off the battlefield that God had done for them. All right. That's a picture of God's love and goodness for us, that he'll fight the battle for us while we just pick up the spoils. Hallelujah. What was number one? Number two. Number three, number four, number five. I come into agreement with heaven and the holy angels that he is worthy. Oh, come on now. This is the greatest order of worship. He deserves it he deserves it. He's the one who's worthy to take the scroll. He's the one who's worthy to sit at the right hand of the Father. He's the one who came and paid it all. He's the one who humbled himself so much, not even just to be humbled as to be a man. God became man, but he humbled himself to death. And not just to death, but a shameful death on a cross. Naked. Not in a back room somewhere, but on Calvary's hill. On a cross. Between two thieves. He was numbered with the the transgression transgressors. He did it for you and he did it for me. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Don't you think he's worthy? don't you think he's worthy because he's he got you out of that trash you were in he got you out of that mess that you were in he's the one who got you out of all that garbage he got you out of all that sin he got you out of being a slave to sin he got you out of all the misinformation and all the strongholds he delivered you from drugs he delivered you from suicide he delivered you from all these things don't you think he's worthy don't you think he's worthy come on stand to your feet if he's worthy he's worthy this morning he's worthy of a hand clap he's worthy of a sh- Shout, He's worthy of a praise. We can't sit still, we can't sit down, we can't keep quiet. That's why the rocks will cry out because He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Our God is worthy, Lord. We worship You and we praise You and we extol You and we exalt You because You are the God who is worthy, Lord. You didn't have to do it, but You did. So we say, You're worthy, oh Lord. Thou art worthy, oh God. Thou art worthy. Oh, God, to receive glory, to receive honor, to receive power, to receive glory and honor and praise, we lift up our voices in your name. We lift up holy hands in the sanctuary all over this place. Just lift up your hands. The Bible calls them holy hands. We lift them up in your name. We give you a wave offering this morning. We just wave before the Lord. Lord, because you're worthy. Because you're worthy. You didn't have to do it, but you did didn't have to do it, but you did. Revelation 4.11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. Oh, we bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy, oh Jesus, you're worthy. The Lamb of God who's taken away this. Come on, take on a posture of worship. Get on your knees or get on your face. Come on, this ain't a regular day. Get on your knees or get on your face. Take on a posture of worship. Yes, you deserve it, Lord.